Welcome to the Addiction Connection podcast, connecting the hope of the gospel with the heart of addiction. I'm your host, Mark Shaw, and it is my pleasure to be here. Today's topic is concept creep. Now, before we get into what concept creep is, I want to read a Bible verse out of Proverbs 26. Actually, verse 4 says, Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. Now let's talk about concept creep. Concept creep, you might be saying, well, Mark, what in the world is concept creep? What does it have to do with psychology? And what does it have to do with me, right? Well, concept creep is the phrase chosen by secular psychologists used to describe how their terminology is broadened out to include more behaviors than originally intended. And the article that I was reading, it's actually January 2016, so it's about five years old at the time of this recording uh, for this podcast. It's called Concept Creep, Psychology's Expanding Concepts of Harm and Pathology. And the idea is these shifts that uh, happen with the terminology in psychology and the the terms that they you that they talk about in this article are abuse, which is talking about domestic violence, bullying, trauma, mental disorder, addiction, and prejudice, and they're all examined in this article. The article is written by Nick Haslam out of the University of Melbourne. All good things come from Australia. My, I have a couple of good friends that might say that who are from Australia and a missionary friend who's down in Australia. You can see him on our map. He is a commissioned addictions biblical counselor with the Addiction Connection, and he is down serving in Australia which is great to have a ministry that is international. So we love our brother Adrian, who is serving down there. But the article that was published, again, five years ago, but it defines very well, and psychology does this very well. Their descriptions are good. They have lots of, I mean, not always good, but they have good ways of describing behavior and talking about behavior in terms, uh, you know, and, and the terms that they use. Now, where I would disagree with psychology is on its prescription for change, how people change and how they should change and what they should do. Sometimes those things are unbiblical, not always, but sometimes they are. So their descriptors are generally accurate. I don't love their terminology because, again, their terminology has to do with the constructs that they create, the ideas of around that circle abuse and bullying and trauma, uh, mental disorder, addiction and prejudice. Those are the terms they use in this article. Um, but we would use biblical terms. Instead of addiction, we talk about idolatry. Instead of alcoholism, we talk about drunkenness and so forth. So you've heard me talk about that. But what I want to talk about uh, specifically in this podcast is, you know, this concept creep I- idea. And so psychology is always changing. You know, the view is that that's a good thing. Psychology needs to change because it's growing. 
But I'll contend the opposite is true. Psychology will tend to deny absolute truth from the Bible. So their field is ever-changing because they don't have a biblical foundation. They're on shifting sand that is beneath their feet. That That's what they're standing on. And so things change. There are ebbs and flows and, and winds and waves and, and uh, different elements that impact their terminology and the way they think about life and the way they think about man. And, and so when you don't have God in proper perspective and you don't understand who man is, that man is sinful at the core, uh, that he is selfish, and um, some selfish people do very good things, we understand, um, good according to the world. But in God's eyes, the only goal motivation for us is to glorify him, to live for him, to try to honor him. And when we live for ourselves, we're dishonoring God, our creator. We're living for the creation. And so they would say, well, this is good that the concepts are expanding and growing. Uh, but what I like about this article, and again, it's just a secular article from a guy out of Melbourne, University of Melbourne, uh, it, it <clears throat> acknowledges very well uh, how the uh, terminology for bullying and trauma and, the, and these uh, psychological constructs that have been created by man a devoid of biblical truth quite often, uh, these constructs are um, creeping. They're, they're expanding both horizontally and vertically. And of course, because this is an addiction podcast, you know, when, when you talk about addiction, initially addiction had to do with substance abuse and, and tolerance and withdrawal and the pharmacological properties of the substance that led people to be dependent upon them, to experience withdrawal, to experience uh, tolerance. So you, you had addictive drugs like you know alcohol and heroin, cocaine, nicotine. Uh, all of those were um, re- related. You, you know, addiction was related to that strongly. But the um, term addiction became enlarged. Uh, to include behavioral addictions or process addictions like to the internet, gambling, um, pornography, and, and um, shopping, online gaming, food, chocolate, exercise, social media, TV, work. And the article even talks about tanning, uh, that people are addicted to these things. These are behaviors uh, in more of the... Uh, category of impulse control and, and uh, that kind of thing. And so so included a lot more than just substances. Well, that's the horizontal expansion. And, and the article said this, if the addictive process is internal, which we know it is, it, it has to do with the heart and heart desires. If the addictive process is internal, it makes little sense to restrict the concept of addiction to dependence on substances. So that's the admission is, hey, if, if these things are internal and if they're behavioral, they're not, uh, they're not just external be- behaviors, but there's internal motivations going on here, then it makes sense to expand this definition horizontally. And, uh, of course, that is what is happening. I mean, everyone is claiming to be addicted to all kinds of things that are not necessarily things that create dependence. Although you could argue like online gaming, 
uh, that there are internal processes in the brain firing that act just like drugs. Uh, that that kind of research is being done and being shown to be true. That and the and you know on your phone if you play games and do stuff, uh, the the reward structure of the game knows how to reward your brain and you know and and keep you playing and that kind of thing. So all of that is is out there um, and and true. Again, good observations, good things to recognize, uh, but all of this is just the recognition of the secular world that compulsive behaviors, as they call it, we would call them habitual behaviors, but they're compulsive in the world's view. These overlap with substance abuse issues. So these behavioral addictions are um, involve recurrent failure to resist urges to engage in a particular activity that's harmful to the person, generally with a subjective experience of compulsion and powerlessness. They may not involve withdrawal or tolerance, um, but they have a similar property in that uh, they appear to be compulsive. Now, biblically, we would say they're not compulsive, they're habitual, that people have learned to respond in a certain way. They've learned to think in a certain way, talk and act in a certain way that becomes habitual, that becomes habit in how they respond to stimuli. And that's the major concern for us as biblical counselors is helping people to replace, to put off bad habits with the put on of good habits. And we want to help people to do that. We believe there's great hope in in helping people to do that. So with addiction, you understand the point here is this horizontal expansion of including more and more behaviors. And from my perspective, it's only going to grow. It's only only going to increase because of this shifting sand, the lack of a foundation, the lack of a good, clear definition um, that is uh, narrow and focused, they're broadening it out. And pretty soon, everything's going to be addictive. Anything that you want to do, playing the drums, if you practice the drums incessantly, you're addicted to the drums. If you are, um, I mean, I mean, you could imagine, it. just any kind of behavior uh, is, is going to have addictive properties, as they say. The second thing I think biblical counselors need to be careful about is is our terminology. We want to be careful not to embrace psychological terms in our counseling because we're not licensed, we're not certified in psychological counseling. So I always encourage my counselors, whether they're doing addiction counseling or general counseling, to use terms that are straight from the Bible. Of course, we've got a translated Bible into English, uh, but to use those terms. So uh, an example would be instead of dealing with bipolar, ADHD, generalized anxiety, clinical depression, addiction issues, and that kind of thing, those those are secular psychological terms, psychological constructs developed by psychologists and, and promoted in that way. Instead of dealing with that, we would address fear, worry, sadness, drunkenness, idolatry, idolatrous desires, heart desires, motivations. Those kinds of things are in the Bible explicitly. Some are direct, some are indirectly uh, mentioned in the Bible, but those are our words. Those are the words that we need to talk about as biblical counselors. Again, 
Proverbs 26, verse 4, answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him uh, yourself. You have to embrace biblical truth and deal with the heart motivation. That's the thing that uh, the third item here that I want to talk about is you don't have to be intimidated by psychology or psychological research. Like this article, this article does a great job at describing what's going on and the the creeping, the concept creep of these terms. But they conclude nothing in the article. There's nothing to be afraid of. They don't conclude anything. They describe what's happening, but they have no prescription because there's no analysis. There's no explanation of the heart. They can't give that without some understanding of who God is and that mankind who he really is and, and his sin. And so psychology is is going to be fine on descriptions. I don't always buy into their psychological terms and constructs, but their description of what behavior is and how it looks uh, and how it can become habitual or addictive, they would say compulsive, uh, those descriptions can be accurate. But again, their prescriptions on why people behave the way they do is going to be inaccurate and, and incorrect because of their view of God and man. The fourth item I want to talk about is just, again, these terms such as trauma. I mean, post-traumatic stress disorder is quickly becoming linked with substance use disorder or addiction issues. A severe substance use disorder is, is thought to be uh, addiction now. There's mild, moderate, and severe. Severe is where addiction comes from. But words like trauma are, are expanding, and by their expansion, they lose some of their value. The article actually talks about this very well. It talks about how ordinary behaviors are being defined as addictive hurts and are being overstated as trauma. In other words, normal activity of hurts and that are being um, pushed as trauma. And, and then the thought is that trauma, this is where... They go wrong because they're going with a prescription. That trauma has caused the addictive problem in the person. Well, we don't discount the idea that trauma does have an impact. It does. It has impact. Sure, it impacts people, but it's not causal. It's not the cause. The cause is our heart desires that are tainted by sin and, and tainted by selfishness. And so it's a selfish heart that becomes addicted not a traumatized heart that has become addicted. Not that the heart and the person can't be traumatized and that can't impact them. It certainly does. I hate trauma. I hate it because it's oftentimes sin inflicted on people that are innocent or um, you know they didn't do anything wrong, but they're they're um, being they're sufferers because they're being mistreated and traumatized, and it definitely has an impact in their lives. But it's not causal. The cause is the sinful heart of man. We're born in sin. We're born with a desire to please ourselves. And when we do, that's where we become addicted because we're looking for things either to run in pain or run to the pleasure of choice. So you don't have to be intimidated in biblical counseling when people use these kinds of words like trauma. Um, you want to know what they mean by the term, for sure. You want to ask them questions and say, even ask, you know, what do you mean by that term? What does that mean to you? Uh, they usually won't know why they chose the term, just that they 
they like the term, so I don't ask why do you use that term, but I ask, what do you mean by that? Describe what you mean by trauma. And then when they tell me that, I, I respond sometimes, you know, say, okay, I understand what you mean now. Would you allow me to ask a question? Would you set that language and those terms aside during our counseling time to set it to the side and let's use and embrace this biblical terminology while we work together in counseling? That's my request. Now, they don't have to say yes to that. If they say no, then uh, I'm probably not going to counsel them very long. If they say yes, then we're going to address it from a biblical approach. But I'm, I'm not even certified to deal with trauma, but I'm, I'm certainly qualified to deal with hurt and to help with forgiveness and to help people to repent and to do those things. So I can help in a lot of ways when we embrace biblical terminology. The Bible is relevant. It's not outdated, and we know it speaks to their issues. We just have to call it biblical, um, call it by its biblical name and not by what the world calls it. So I could go on and on about this, but I, I, I simply wanted to talk about it because um, concept creep in psychology is an interesting, interesting thing. I've always been uh, a stickler to uh, talk about terminology and the importance of terminology and um, and all of the things that uh, go into that. So um, I, I just think it's important for you and I to be aware of uh, all that we believe in the Bible and what the world has to say about it and how we can translate it, translate those unbiblical terms, those terms of mankind, translate them into biblical terms and to help people to really see their need for repentance, their need for a Savior, because we want to make sure that the gospel is first and foremost, in their minds and in their heads. And so that's what we can do as biblical counselors. And quite frankly, it's a joy uh, to do that, to, to help people to understand that they don't have to know all the concepts and all the terminology. And there isn't this secret knowledge that's out there, but there's um, knowledge that is hidden in the Word of God that when we begin to see it and embrace it and ask the Holy Spirit, I mean, I can't help somebody if the Holy Spirit's not working in their hearts to help them. I can't do a thing to help them, but God can, and he will uh, by his Spirit if he so chooses to do so. That's why I say he will. He will if he so chooses. If he wills, it'll happen. And that's when it's a joy to work with people, to point them to the truth, to point them to the Savior, to point them to freedom in Christ. So I, I hope this uh, has stimulated you to thought to, to think about the sure foundation of biblical terms found in this in the scriptures and how we don't have to be intimidated by all of the new terminology and the shifting and the changes and all of that all of that is usually done to promote a narrative to promote some to promote something that the secular psychologists want us to believe about a construct. And the more they do that, the more often they take God out of the problem. And we want God to be in the problem because God is the solution. Jesus Christ is the answer. He's the hope of the gospel for the heart of addiction and the heart of, of many 
of these psychological terms that um, <clears throat> hide sin. When you disease sin by calling it sickness, that's a problem. And you and I can help people to see their sin, and we can help them to see their suffering. There are people who suffer, and certainly we want to help them in a different way than we would the sinner. We want to help the sinner too, but we help all people, sinner or sufferer, Either way, we want to help them. We help them in a different way, but either way, we're going to help them with the hope of the gospel and with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Take care and God bless. (music) 